could you talk about the balance between tried and not tried? Mm. I'm not sure there is a balance between trying and not trying. I mean, when you don't try, you die. You understand? But there's the intelligent use of trying. Understand? Uh, when you try consciously, it means you use all the tools that you have to open inside in a way where they work. You become a master of yourself. Trying has to do with your will. You know, you're not going to try anything unless somewhere inside you, you will to do it. So in order to do something, whether it's your meditation, whether it's, I don't know, fixing a leaking pipe, you've got to know what you're doing. And if you try to grow and make the effort to internalize your will to open, uh, then when you use the tools properly, it works. And to me, it's much more practical than that. If you don't work on yourself and you don't do something and try to do something to build yourself inside, your whole system just wastes and atrophies. That's what happens. You fall apart. If you don't go to the gym and work out, if you don't go running or whatever, you know, yoga, some kind of fit, your system falls apart. So trying really has to do with the active use of your will to attain something that is of a higher nature when it is applied to the work that we do here. And what you're doing is trying to unify your will with a higher will, God or whatever you want to call it, by using your will to open yourself inside. And you can't do that if you don't try. You know, it's like, in, you know, you know Kafka, the writer Kafka, he has this character who sits in front of a door and just sits there, never goes and opens the door. You know? Well, he's not trying. I mean, you just got to try to see if the knob works, you know, to get inside, you know? It doesn't matter if he says when he gets inside, there's another door, another door, and it goes on ad infinitum. That's his madness, you know? But in a way, it's true. You go inside, and there's another door you have to open, and another one, and another one. And if you don't keep opening those doors, uh, you sit there the rest of your life. You know, and I'm not talking about so much external doors. I mean, you, you manage to open one area in yourself, and then you discover there's seven other areas that need to be opened. So instead of just shrugging your shoulders and sitting there and waiting, you know, like Samuel Beckett waiting for Godot, you know, you really make the effort to grow, to do something about mastering what it takes to open those doors. So you're not hanging around like a couple of buffoons waiting to, for God to manifest in your life, you know? Which is probably what most people do in this world. They hang around this planet like a buffoon, waiting for that moment when something is going to happen to them, instead of doing the work they need to do to truly bring about the manifestation of spiritual energy in one's life. This way we become the servant of God, you know? 
we use our energy, our calmer, our will, our to open so it's possible for the universe to begin to use us and to flow through us and elevate our lives. Is that clear? So, yeah, I know that there are teachers trying and not trying and doing and not doing and you are enlightened so you don't have to do anything. I've heard that one too and I believe that. We're all enlightened but most of us live about a football field behind ourselves. We have to catch up to ourselves. Yeah, we have everything inside that really has to do with enlightenment. How many enlightened people do you meet in any given day? And the only person I really have met in this world that was enlightened was Rudy. And I used to watch him work like an animal. You know, from 8 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, the man worked on himself worked on himself every day, day after day. And I watched him take all of his stuff and transform it into love, into joy, into sweetness, to kindness, into forgiveness, compassion. He was an enlightened being. He never stopped working on himself. And he's the only enlightened being I've ever... Well, I, I met Kala Rinpoche. He was pretty high being there, you know? But also he worked on himself. And he also, he told me Kala Rinpoche, he was dying for God's sake. And I'm sitting at his bed and the man was dying. And he told me, he said, when he was a young Tulku, you know, he would go to his Rinpoche and he would ask questions and it would take him three hours to get to speak. And here he is lying in this monastery with 300 Tibetan lamas there you know, all with their yapa beads and their homani padmiums and all this stuff. And the guy was dying, and he was dying because nobody was coming there to milk the cow. He had all of this teaching to give, and nobody was coming and taking it from him. And he told me this. These were his words. He needed to be worked. He needed his students to come and milk the cow. Just like I need you all to come to milk the cow. You know, this weekend is possible, not because I'm here, but because we're all here. Do you understand that? I need to be milked. And when you start milking me this way, look what the hell comes out. My need to grow made Rudy work. You understand? He loved people that would come and work with him because it made him go deeper and deeper and deeper. He always talked about a guru being a cow. If you don't milk a cow, a cow will die. How did I get into this? <laughs> to do with trying, is that? <laughs> well, that has to do with trying, you know? Your need to grow, your hunger to grow is, you know, that has to do with what, you, what price you're willing to pay to have a spiritual life. How deep you're willing to go in yourself. 